0: What if our capacity to imagine has been so badly damaged by the information climate of our times that destruction is all we can see? What if deforming our ability to imagine the present is precisely what governments and power structures do to control us? And what if I told you we have the power to change this? I believe we do. To seize this power requires a radical change in perspective, however. To do so, we need to take one tool being vandalized before our very eyes, language and reclaim it, and redefine what it means to be an ethical citizen in the present moment. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to my sub-podcast, Words for Now and Later. And the words that I just read to you are not my own. They are from a wonderful new book, short little book, Dictionary of the Undoing, by John Freeman. And if you've not visited or listened to this podcast before, uh, please go back and listen to the very first episode, and I'll explain what I am seeking to do in this podcast. Well, today, we are up to E for environment. And uh, Mr. Freeman begins that short chapter by saying this. Just as the powers that be subdue the body to rule, so they must put their boot on the earth's earth's neck to obtain and sustain that power. We would see this abuse better if we called it a body rather than environment. We know much of it is alive. that's from page 32. Mr. Freeman then goes on in that same uh, chapter to talk about how humans, you and I, and all of our forebears and all of our brothers and sisters on this planet, we have an outsized power over the earth. And he uses a word that we discussed in the last episode, the negative of that word, the episode was D for decency, and he talks about the opposite of that in this quote. He says, our, and that's you and mine, humans, relationship to the environment is an indecency. And yet, we have made a silent pact with the powers that be that makes this condition much worse. It says, I will turn my face from this gluttony in my name, and you can continue to enrich yourselves beyond all imagining. He does, in the chapter, and all of these chapters, offer a way forward. Because remember, the goal of this book and the goal of this podcast is to say, okay, how can we... In this moment, this crisis, pandemic moment, what can we learn and also how can we move forward? What are other ways of being? And he talks about, in this chapter, this animal sense of us, that we as humans, we have this connection to the rest of the sentient created world because we also are animals. We also have that within us. And he says, We must learn to listen to the animal agitating for change inside us and those all around us and re-engineer our lives away from the activities we know because the activities we know depend on torture of animals, of the land, of the sea, of the air. And that is on page 34. Now, I want to kind of twist and add to this chapter a bit because, as, as I've said before, I, I don't know that Mr. Freeman is a particularly religious man. Although, in one of the earlier chapters on Citizen, he did talk about um, the kingdom of God. Um, and, I, I, as I said in that podcast, I think that was admirable. But I want to say here that I don't think of it as environment. I think of it as creation, everything that is around us. And I, I believe that with creation, there is a creator, And I would say that we as humans are not just animals. We are um, in the image and likeness of God. So there is this physical sense of who we are, but there's also this spirit, soul in us, divinely given by our creator. And I would kind of change that uh, last quote that I read, that it's not just the animal that's agitating in us for change, that's part of it. We do have that connection to the other creatures, of this world. I would also say, though, that it is the spirit that is agitating within us. Because I think from my experience and, and the religious background and the theology that I have studied and, and, and looked at, um, that this creation is permeated by the Creator. And the Creator has this imprint in us and that soul in us also is agitating because we know that something is terribly, terribly wrong. That we look and we see not just the animals being tortured and the animal in us relates to the animal we see being tortured through climate change and through our destruction and our carelessness. I say we also, our soul cries out because the soul of God or the will of God, the being of God also cries out for this sadness in this destruction. So stay with me, if you will, through this break. I want to add two little notes. One is um, recommend another source to do some reading and studying related to that last point about God and creation, and then talk briefly about uh, something right now in the midst of this uh, Corona uh, crisis that is illustrating, I think, showing this so so clearly. So stay with me, if we, we will, if you will, through the break, and we'll be right back. Well, thank you for staying with me through that break. So I commend to you a document that is getting some attention right now because it is the five-year anniversary coming up very soon, and that is Laudato Si, which is the um, encyclical. If you're not Catholic and familiar with that word, an encyclical is the highest level of church teaching, and this was written by Pope Francis, uh, like I said, five years ago, and I will put some uh, links to It and to the document and also to some um, other materials related to it. You'll find those at my edtechemergent.com website, or excuse me, blog site, really. And um, if you are interested in this, I would recommend um, exploring it because Pope Francis takes exactly what we're saying here, looking at the physical reality of what we are doing to the earth, to God's creation, and also connects a lot of different lines and a lot of different dots. It's a, it's a wonderful document. I don't know if Mr. Freeman, author of um, the Dictionary of the Undoing, if he himself has read this or studied this, but I suspect he might find it uh, gratifying because in many ways it echoes what he himself is seeking to do in his writing. The last thing I want to say here is um, I want to talk about meat <laughs> because I just heard, and I'll put a link to this, uh, more uh, reporting on what is happening in the U.S. meat packing plants. You probably have heard that there is um, just a un un insane, really amount of. COVID 19 spreading through those slaughterhouses is is really what they are. Let's call it like it is. And even now that they are putting, as the article said, millions of dollars of protective uh, measures into place, and there's a whole list of those, the number of cases continues to rise. And there have been something like over 7,000 cases in just a handful of these slaughterhouses. And um, I'm going to put a link to this um, um, article. There is more and more pressure, I think, being placed on the meatpacking industry. And I think we're going to really have to wrestle with this because we know, and this has been well documented, that one of the primary greenhouse um, gases is methane, which comes from the raising of stock livestock animals. and. Now we are seeing the human toll of this meat processing. And keep in mind, and this again has been well documented, that many of the people who work in these processing plants are uh, from lower income backgrounds. They are of um, immigrant backgrounds who may be coming from vulnerable populations. These are rural areas for the most part that don't have adequate health care, And the justice issues related to these plants are uh, tremendously, tremendously problematic and we are beginning to see that. So I, I think what we need to consider going forward and thinking about the environment, thinking about caring for creation is our relationship with meat and how much are we going to eat and how much are we going to tolerate this injustice. And we're certainly seeing the meat shortages, which is putting this on a lot of people's radar, Um, as this article said, especially as, quote, barbecue season arrives. But I think this is something we have to wrestle with. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a vegetarian. I think it would be really hard for me to be fully vegan. But in my household, we are reducing our meat intake. Having beans more often, having nuts, um, I used to, back in uh, a few years ago, have um, lunch meat, deli meat sandwich for lunch every day, turkey mostly. But now it's uh, almond butter, not peanut butter because I'm allergic, but almond butter. And um, I supplement it with some other protein, um, but it is a meatless lunch. And it is a way to not just help the environment, but also help human social justice issues. So I appreciate your listening to this again. um, When you think of environment, um, what do you think about? Do you make that connection to creation? And um, what's on your mind right now as we see this period of uh, reduced emissions, this period of meat shortages because of the illness that is spreading through these meat packing plants? What do you think about this? And How might this impact your decisions going forward? Thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.